With Fidelity Wealth Management, a dedicated advisor can work with you on a comprehensive plan to help you reach your wealth's full potential. Plus, you'll have access to specialists in estate planning strategies. So you're not just growing and protecting your wealth, you're sharing it. More at fidelity.com slash wealth. Investment minimums apply. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome to the Jill on Money Show. It's Wednesday, January 25th, and we are here answering your financial questions. So much going on in the world Um, with tax season open, with my book dropping, with lots of people starting to get their heads on straight about like, oh my gosh, it's another year and things are sort of kind of almost normal again. Sort of, kind of, yeah. And that may mean that you are looking at yourself and your lives and you're trying to figure out what to do next and you've got a financial question and I've got great news. We are here to help you out. All you need to do is go to our website, jillonmoney.com. Click the Contact Us button, and when you do that, a form pops up. You complete the form, and at the bottom of that form, it says, would you be willing to come on the air with us live? If you say yes, you would be willing to do so, then Mark does everything else. Today, we're joined by Laura, and you'll tell from her accent she's from the South. So hello, Laura. How are you? Hey, Jill. I'm doing good. How about you? We are doing quite well. What brings you to us today? I've been thinking about writing in for a while, and I was prompted to write in when you uh, brought up your recent show on annuities. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you said, if you're being pitched an annuity, that you wanted to hear from someone. (laughs) And here you are. And here I am. So, yeah, so that's that's the thing um, I thought, you know, was what prompted me to write in. And then, you know, again, I just thought it would be nice to unfold our whole scenario and see kind of what's what's that. That sounds great. So let's start with something very simple, like how old are you, Laura? So I just turned 59. And are you working? No, I've retired at the end of 2021. Okay. And um, are you entitled to a pension? No pension. Okay. Very good. And you have a spouse? Yes, I do. And he is 67. He'll be 68 this year. Okay. Is he also retired? He did retire at the end of 21 as well. Okay. And what about pension for him? No pension, but he started Social Security at his full retirement age. Okay. How much is that Social Security? Uh, It's about 28,000 a year. So roughly it's uh, I think it's like 2200 a month, maybe. Okay, that's great. Okay, and um, what else is the source of your income right now? When you, like, so you've got Social Security, you're both retired. How are you living? What's, what else beyond Social Security is coming in the door? The plan was we were going to retire and live off of our um, investments for a period of time. Um, and I, I, we retired, so, and we relocated um, so that 
I could be closer to family mm -hmm. and help family. Good. And so, you know, for this last year, um, we've, we've done that. Unfortunately, the person I was coming to help with passed away. Mm. Um, however, you know, as a result of that, we just said, okay, now, you know, we're not here for our intended purpose, but let's see, you know, what else is there. And we just got settled into our new area and um, have just been enjoying being around the family that is still remaining here. Um, so, yeah, so wor working for me is not 100% out of the question, but at, I have been doing some part-time work as a result of my former um, job that I left behind. I have been bringing in some money from that. And like this last year, it was about 25,000, I think. Oh, and that's kind of nice. So just like 25 grand of part-time income. That has worked out nice. And I expect that will continue for the next couple of years. Mm -hmm. um, but that's nice. Yeah, it's been very nice. And it's allowed me some, you know, time to think about what I might want to do for my next part in, in this career path, if I do decide to do that. Mm -hmm. uh, but I'm but I'm hoping and leaning toward, you know, not having to work for money. But, you know, if I wanted to do that, I I could. So. Mm -hmm. So, OK, here's my question to you. So on your part time, 25 and your the your husband's Social Security, what are you Where's the gap? What are you drawing? Where's the gap. So uh, as part of the uh, so we inherited some. IRAs. Mm -hmm. And um, originally, we were intending to begin drawing from our my husband's IRA since I was not 59 at the time. Um, but we didn't need to do that. We were forced to take an RMD um, from that distribution of, of that inherited account. So that has provided the gap funding. Mm -hmm. um, How much know, is coming out of that? Just out of curiosity. Laura. So there, well, there was about 30,000 off of that. Mm -hmm. So 30,000 a year, like how much was the total inherited IRA? Oh, okay. So all in the inherited IRAs that were pre-tax traditional IRAs were 370. Wow. Yeah. So you're pulling 30 grand out of that and that funds your need, that taxable that, 30 grand. Yes, as long as my, um, you know, part-time income fills Well, that. tough luck. You're, I'm going to make you keep working. I'm just kidding. Don't yeah, worry. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> so let's go through this. So there's the inherited IRAs, 370. That's the pre-tax inherited IRA. Let's go through some of the other assets, and then you're going to tell me about this whole annuity scheme. Sure, sure. <laughs> um, and I don't want to necessarily jump and call it a scheme at the moment, but... All right. I'm going to use a scheme in terms of the way the British say scheme, like the plan. Okay, like the scheme. Okay, there we go. Okay, so we have our own IRAs, which are uh, around 920, something along those lines. It just depends on when you check the market. Sure. We have about 200000 in a brokerage account. We have okay. about 300000 in inherited Roth IRAs. Oh, I love the inherited Roths. And then we have uh, 120 roughly, in cash and I-bonds. All right, what about where you live? Do you own or do you rent? Yeah, so we own, we have a house we bought as we moved to the, the new area, we mm -hmm. sold our prior home and uh, used a, most of that equity. We held back just a little bit on the advice of our financial advisor for our cash cushion mm -hmm. to go into this. How much is a house worth? Uh, it's about 600 and we owe about 300 What's the mortgage rate? It's 2.75. So. Ooh, 
baby. Is that a 30-year fixed? Yes. Oh, my God. Fantastic. Um, do you have some kiddos that I have to worry about in all of this? No, no, not at all. I mean you have them or you don't have kids? Oh, sorry. We have two boys. and Two boys and they're fine. Very uh, well taken care Good. of. Fantastic. They make Great. more money than we do. <laughs> oh, God bless them. Thank goodness. Okay. So, Laura. Let me just make sure I got it all right. Okay. So you guys are retired. Um, your social security, about 28 grand a year. You're working part-time. That brings in about 25 grand. You need about another 30 grand, but that 30 you're pulling from the inherited IRA, which you were subject to getting those distributions out over 10 years. So you're doing that. And that basically funds your needs, correct? Pretty close. Yeah, pretty close. Okay. Um, and I say pretty close because, you know, this past year was sort of an experimental uh, let's see, you know, where are we? What are we doing kind of year? And mm-hmm. um, we I recently did, and we've budgeted and kept a budget for a long period of time. So I know pretty well what our expenses are. We really need to, I mean, ideal life is clear 100000 before taxes. And if we, get, if we get that, then we are doing pretty much You're everything good. we want to do. Great. Yeah. Perfect. Now, Laura, what's your what's your social security benefit going to be at your full retirement age? Okay, so monthly, my full retirement age benefit would be twenty seven forty seven. Hmm, that's a nice chunky amount. Good. So we, but we do have to obviously get you through the next uh, seven years ish. Okay, but obviously, once your full retirement benefit kicks in, it's almost like your benefit will kind of fill that same gap that the inherited IRA benefit is filling right now. So that'll be good. And you'll still need to pull a little bit of money out. Okay. So this is all good news and you still have 900 grand in IRAs, $200,000 in the brokerage, and then this inherited Roth of 300,000 all seems excellent. So now tell me the pitch. Well, so what we were, um, what we have been being pitched, if you will, it has been that we take one or, or two of our IRAs. So in the example that I had most recently, it was using a $225,000 IRA and putting it into a variable indexed annuity. The pitch to that was that it would grow at 6% until we turned on the income stream and that we could turn it on really at any point right. in time. Right. Um, and so it would grow at that 6%. So, I mean, on the surface, you know, all that sounds pretty good. Um, it was sure. a joint life benefit and um, it would would allow you to get about, I think it was, payout was 5%. And there was upside potential because it was, as I understood, it was variable indexed. It would potentially grow with the market, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but that it would not go lower ever. So not only would it not go lower than what you put in, once it got to that 6% after however many times you let it grow, it is mm. 6% or better to the market. So, but the part that went down was, you know, the part that was affected by, went down or up, affected by the market, but also affected by the fees, which were really substantial from what I could see. Mm, yeah. So. Fees. Okay. So uh, this person that recommended this, is this the person, who who is this to you? Is this the person who's currently managing your IRAs and your brokerage, or is this somebody who managed your deceased relatives' investments? Who is this person? Yeah. So both. Yeah. <laughs> He is the, the current manager of our assets and has been for the last five years or so. 
How do you pay this person? Uh, It's a 1% advisory fee. And so whatever you would put in the annuity would be outside of that 1% advisory fee, right? Right. And that's another thing I wanted to say is the the pieces that he's looking, there are two, three, three pieces, two IRAs that I have and one that my husband has that are not inside his management. And that's the ones that he's looking for. I'm shocked. (laughs) Oh, dear. Am I shocked at that? Uh, Let me go back to my word scheme for a second. I think this is sort of a completely unnecessary complication to your life. And here's why. You've got a lot of money. I don't know why. um, We don't really need to turn on income stream for you guys. You're in really good shape. You really are. And I don't see like why we would be making this kind of a decision to tie up assets where the fee, instead of, by the way, the 1% fee that you would be paying this manager, you're probably going to pay two to three times that to be in an annuity contract. Yeah, okay? that's, what I've, that's what I've determined as Which, I've gone further. Like, I have to say, does that pass your smell test? It doesn't pass my smell test. But let me just talk about this more specifically about the idea behind it. Look, I love guaranteed income. This is not guaranteed income. This is an expensive way to create a stream of income. You can create your own stream of income. And if this person is actually worth anything in terms of investment management, then this person should be able to determine that you could actually do what you are trying to do with an annuity with the rest of your money. And you don't need to pay 2 or 3%. You could pay this person 1%. As I see it, the way that this lines up, just let's think about like what your real your game plan is. You're 59 and 68 right now. You're going to work part-time, whatever. Let's just say a couple, few more years, right? Yes. Yes. Whatever. So at the time when you start to, when you stop working part-time, what I would suggest is that you use the inherited IRA and you pull more out from there. And so instead of 30 grand a year, you'll probably you know, pull out 60 grand. Okay. And the 60 grand plus your husband's social security will see you through basically until you reach your full retirement age about, let's just say it's an about, it's not perfect, but let's say it's about that much money. Okay. So now that inherited IRA, I'm just crossing it off. It's done. It's like an asset that's been utilized, which is great. Okay. Let's just pretend that it's six years from now, you're 65 and your husband is 74. And now your husband has to start taking required distributions from his own IRA. So now we are replacing the money that is coming from the inherited IRA. And you are now going to have RMDs from your husband. And thank goodness, you're also going to have your own Medicare coverage. You're 65. Life is good. And you are going to use those required minimum distributions and start funding the gap that way for just a couple of years. Okay. And you might pull out a little bit more from those RMDs, but not much. You'll be okay. Then you receive your full retirement age, social security benefit, your 2747 a month. And then you will now reduce the RMDs from your husband's account to a more reasonable amount where you just keep kind of plowing through. In other words, you'll pull the money out as you need it. You'll satisfy the RMDs and maybe a little bit more and you will cover your needs. And essentially what's so great about this is that 
your I, I don't know what the the difference is like in the nine twenty of IRAs. Would you say that's mostly your husband's or yeah, yours or split equally? It's about two thirds his. And, and Perfect. So we're going to plow through his and start using that to fund the gap. And then by the time you are both collecting Social Security and you are using his R- RMDs, it's a good looking plan. You are working it. You've got money. It's coming through and you don't have to pay two or 3% for it. And every year at the beginning of the year, you're going to look at what your needs are and you're going to say, what is the distribution we're going to take for the year? You're going to take it out at the beginning of the year. So you satisfy the RMDs, you have your money, you pay your taxes, you know what it is. You don't have it at risk. There's no futzing around with it. And the rest of the money continues to grow. The thing that's kind of cool on the back end of all of this is that that inherited Roth IRA is totally there for you. Inherited Roth IRA plus the brokerage account. So that 500 grand plus your 120 in cash, that's like your get out of jail free card. It's like your back end stuff that you have. I would not choose to do the annuity, not so much because it's like, oh my God, the worst idea in the world and this dude's a thief. It's because it's unnecessary. You have what you need. Yeah. Well, that reinforces kind of where we were coming from because we just kept thinking about it. And like when he was talking about it, we were like, gosh, you know, it just sounds, it sounds really good. You know, but I kept saying to my husband, I just need a better way to think about this. And I kept feeling in my mind, because I'm, I love to run spreadsheets. So I was running spreadsheets on, you know, how does our cash flow line up for the next 10 years, especially due to the inherited IRA. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to run that out. And basically what my husband was smiling when you were talking, because he said, uh, he was like, you basically did what she just said there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, you know, but being me and, and not having the financial knowledge um, to back that up, I was thinking, well, I just need to be able to hear that from somebody else. And, and, and I really wasn't hearing that confidence from the financial advisor. and our- Yeah. I mean, what's weird about it to me is if I'm the financial person in this, okay, and I'm looking at your whole situation, it's like a slam on him that he doesn't have the confidence in his ability to actually create the game plan for you. And then it's like falling back on an expensive annuity product. Like for what? Like, it seems crazy to me. Now, there are times where I understand that People do need, absolutely do need to actually like get the stream of income because they are going to mess this up. They're going to blow through all their money, all of those things. But I just don't feel like you guys are in that situation. You're not. And it sounds like you're quite comfortable. I just think that it's silly to me to consider that this person, this is your best idea. It just seems really nuts. So that's me. Yes, yes, I, I appreciate that. And I think we kind of had come a little bit more and more to that conclusion and just really wanted to have that, you know, kind of like nail in the coffin there. Like that's done. We're putting that one to bed. Good. And I just want to ask one other question about this. <laughs> Do you want to keep this dude as your retire as your financial advisor? I mean, like I wouldn't, I don't know, like maybe it's... I, <sighs> Is the person that you're working with a fiduciary? Is that person legally obligated to put your best interest first? If the answer is yes, 
then, I mean, it's not a great look for this person. Okay. Really. On the other hand, uh, you know what? It is one of these things where I say, my God, you know, at this point in time, do we really think that this is the best idea? Like really, even forgetting about like fiduciary now, like this is your best idea. Like maybe I would shop for a new person and get a different view on that. Just my two cents that I would look to maybe find a certified financial planner, somebody who has a different view on it. If you got a fee only financial planner, which means somebody who does not collect commissions at all, that person might give you a better view into like, you know, this does not seem does not spit pass our smell test. That's all. And if you, if you, you know, go through that process, it's, it's certainly, it is a process worth considering. That's what I would say. Well, I appreciate that viewpoint because it's definitely been in the back of my mind. And I had some, you know, allegiance family wise, not, yeah, a, not of course. a family member, just somebody that has been with our family for a while. And um, I get and, it. Yeah. I totally get that. I mean, and it's hard. These relationships are ingrained. It's also okay to be like, this was not a great idea. And you know what? I want, I want another view. Yes, that's right. Well, um, I wanted to ask if you would think it would be advisable for us. Like we're all invested. I know we didn't talk about the different investments, but I feel like we're all, you know, we're invested, um, you know, fairly broad across the market. I know it's good for the long-term growth, but what I wondered is, would it make sense to take some of the you know, the inherited IRA and turn that into something that, you know, was more steady, predictable growth, because right now the amount of that IRA, I think, you know, for the next 10 years, we can pull out exactly what we need. If it didn't grow anymore, we'd be just fine. Well, I mean, look, if you're asking me whether you should be 100% stocks, no. If you're asking me, should you be thinking about, you know, what I would be doing is I would say, okay, what amount of money do I know I need every year? And then I'd build, I'd throw a CD in for that amount that it matures next year at the beginning of the year. So that money is there for you, by the way. And then, you know, maybe you start looking at throwing in some bond funds that kick off some income. It's not taxable to you inside of the IRA account and pull back on the risk a little bit. That seems particularly smart. And, uh, you know, again, on that inherited IRA specifically where you know you're going to take 30 or 40 grand out a year, I mean, you could have 30 grand in a one-year CD, 30 grand in a two-year CD, and 30 grand in a three-year CD and be like, okay, three years, we're set. No risk, no sweat. The money you know you're going to need within one, two, maybe even three years, at this point in your life, do you need to put that at risk? I don't think so. For everything else, just to reduce the total risk level, I mean, you're young, you're 59, right? So I don't think that you should be at zero risk. I just think that the risk that you have in your accounts should be scaled based on when you're going to access those accounts. That's perfect. You guys have been wonderful. Yeah. I, All I right. Laura from the South, helping us make the case against a variable index annuity. Thank you, Laura. And if you are getting pitched an annuity product, if you are getting pitched a complicated insurance product, maybe it's good for you. Maybe it's not. I'd love to hear from you. Mark and I love these questions. Go to the website, jillonmoney.com. Click the contact us button. Do let us know if you would be willing to come on the air. And of course, don't forget the book. It just dropped yesterday. It is on sale right now. Go to our website, jillonmoney.com, and you can order your very own copy of the great 
Money Reset. Lift someone up today. Change your work, change your wealth, change your life. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. 